Who let all these dogs out? These bulldogs. This is the push-off. of the Push Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show. It discusses everything that happened last week while it gets you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us as always, it's... Dan Bahamanian. Right. Dan, it is the 2022 Draft Recap Spectacular. We're here. Isn't it exciting? Uh, you know, everybody who listens to this show knows how much I love the draft, how into we the draft we are. How much we love scouting, how much we love the potential, how much we love the changes to the league every year. You know, this is mm-hmm. there's over 250 cats coming to the league, plus, you know, uh, 50 to 100 more guys coming in by way of undrafted free agency. Yeah. There is such churn in the NFL, such churn, such promise, such anguish. Uh, it's a regular, you know, soap opera. It's a roller coaster. This shit is... Fantastic, and we are looking at the emergence or potential emergence or uh, the potential, you know, fluttering out of all these young stars. So very excited. Um, I mean, I I was very impressed with a few people's drafts in particular, but there weren't a lot of like wow you shat the bed drafts this year. Um, yeah. Well, I, I want to say too is uh, for the excitement to the teams and the excitement to the fans. These all these kids' dreams coming true. I mean, oh, yeah. getting drafted into the NFL, it, it, whether they get a chance to play much or not, a lot of them, that, that peak dream was just that night, that, that time they hear their name on the screen. So that was exciting you know, for them. And, and I love seeing the reaction stuff with all of the f- family that just jumps up in the air and stuff like that. So, yeah, that, th- this is always a fun time because of that. There's not a lot of – you're right. Like you said, there's not there wasn't – it's tough to say losers for the draft, and there's not a lot of yeah. people that really screwed up this draft either, I agree. And also, it's the time to everybody to feel good. There's not really a good setup of losers in this. There, I'm sure there's some people that don't like how things broke for them or don't like how people got, got moved, but still, you had at least some uh, silver linings to those gray clouds even. I, I do have a question for you, Scott. Would you go for it? Or would you punt in the first quarter when it's fourth and eight at your own 40? Oof. Yeah, fourth and eight, I would probably punt. Right. That's kind of what the Jaguars should have done with this draft. (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, But they went for it. I mean, we'll get more into it. There's a couple teams that really actually went for it. Um, And so we won't know for years. I mean, we, we could probably grade the 2018 draft. And have a better idea of uh, you know of where these teams actually did, um, because 2022 we won't know for two or three years. But the the True. initial the initial on some of these is a little wonky, and that's a fun thing too. And and I read that somewhere because everybody makes a joke. Like the newest joke thing is, oh, you know, what's your uh, draft uh, score or draft grade immediately? Like uh, we're less than a week away from the picks. Who knows? No one yeah. knows. You can look at like who got 
the talent that's been talked about, but that's pundits talking about it and not even who knows whose board looks like what. It's just, you know, whatever your GM wanted, hopefully it worked out for them. They know more than anyone else, uh, them and the scouts in the room. So there's that side of it. And then it's like, okay, well, then why don't we look back and, and see more draft grades from three, four years ago and see how that worked? People do it, but it's a whole lot less and harder to find because at that point you don't care. Like if you think yeah. back, like, well, what, who did up my team draft in the first round in 2018, 2017? I can probably pick it up after I rack my brain, but at the top of my head it's tough. So it's like, was that a good one or not? Eh, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I, I think to myself about – I mean, I'm going to go back to the 2018 draft because we okay. had four elites that year. We had, uh, sorry, I think we had five. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. 2018 was that the big QB one? Uh, we, yeah, we had. We did not grade Baker Mayfield positively. You know, apparently the Cleveland Browns now agree with us. Uh, Saquon Barkley, we had an elite grade. Denzel Ward, Bradley Chubb, Quentin Nelson, and I think we also gave Vita Vea uh, an elite grade. That sounds about right. Yeah, and so. Here's some guys where we missed. I love Josh Rosen. I thought he was the best quarterback yep. coming into this draft. Big swing and a fucking miss. Um, and I gave Josh Allen a second-round grade. Big fucking swing and a miss. But neither you nor I were excited about Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. And to give us the highest credit, we loved, 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 loved Lamar Jackson, the former MVP of the league. You say we. You were more on that than me. In fact, True. I remember listening and I was saying I liked Rosen and of course I was wrong on that, but I think I was like, Sam Darnold's too. And I was off on that too. So I don't know quarterbacks. I'll tell you that much. Um, and well, that, then join, then join the vast majority of NFL GM, sir. I will. Yeah, indeed I will. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad you did look back at that one. You're right there. Um, the other side of the ball though, the, the elites, we kind of were pretty, you were pretty close on. Um, yeah. Was there other ones we missed in that? Uh, um, I I would say, I mean, a lot of it I'm going to give us credit for. I mean, we thought Nick Chubb was the second best running back in that draft behind Saquon, even though we went in the second round. Um, we loved me some, we loved us some Cortland Sutton. Uh, yeah. That's turned out to be pretty fucking good. And uh, DJ Chark wound up going way higher than we anticipated him and, you know, made that's a right. Pro Bowl, but, you know, he, now he's playing on the Lions and who knows where he's going to be in the NFL. Um, and we also loved Fred Warner out of BYU, who's turned into something pretty solid. Yes. So the the majority of the guys we draft and Orlando Brown. So the majority of the guys that we actually scouted in that one, I feel like we were pretty right on, including Mark Andrews, which I will oh, give great. us a ton of credit for. I gave Mark Andrews a first round grade. Um, and we certainly did more prospects this year than we did then. In fact, we might have covered the most prospects we've ever covered here in twenty twenty two. I think we might have. So we did quite well because, yeah, we, we separated. We're instead of trying to fit two in the same show, we, we, we just did more shows. And like we said, we covered 50-some. Um, I, I texted you the, 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 the breakdown. We had so many of them in the first round. Uh, so let's hit it up. Let's talk about the 2022 draft and see oh, yes, where sir. it left us. The Jacksonville Jaguars started it off, and we said it was going to go one of two ways. Now, both of us said that we thought and said they should go Aiden Hutchinson. They didn't listen course and they went Travon Walker this was a guy that we didn't look to do the breakdown on initially but and when it was obvious that he was going to go early you did look at him at the very end there I did um mid first Jag- this is what the Jaguars liked there's a lot of talk that Trent Balky. this was his choice um 
GM and there's other people that might have been fighting for Hutchinson in the room, but when you're GM, you kind of get last word on it. So there we are. I uh, I got to remember, because I was tra- calling him Trevon Walker. It's Trayvon. Oh, um, Trayvon Walker. It's good to know. We, we want to get first names yeah, correct gotta, on the show. Yeah, we got to get that right. We, um, we get Aiden right. We can get Trayvon right. So mm-hmm. fuck it. We'll do that. Um, and we call a grown-ass man Sauce. So clearly we call people what they want to be called. Amen. Uh, so... Trayvon Walker was one of those things. We we looked at him right at the tail end, and all I saw the whole time was a lot of athleticism, not a lot of production, and I would just see a guy that didn't strike me as a playmaker. And in fact, we talked about it. I like David Ojabo better as a pass rusher, as an edge, than I do like uh, Trayvon Walker. I mean, there's a lot of potential. He's a big body with a lot of athleticism. But you know what? A lot of those fucking guys have washed out in the NFL. I'm looking for production. To me, it was strange that they didn't do what the Detroit Lions did immediately. Oh, <laughs> like, God. literally, as soon as Trayvon Walker was selected, the Lions were like, move, 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 get the fuck out of our way. <laughs> yeah, and that was funny, and I've heard the the rumors that the NFL wasn't happy with it and stuff, and it's like, well, whatever. The first round, it takes three hours already. We're it's fine. so long. So, um, it used to be y- longer. Oh, yes, it did. It, yes, it did. It used now to it's, be so 10 much minute longer. picks instead of 15 minute picks like are you kidding and the draft used to be two days the draft would yes. start at nine in the morning on saturday it would start at nine in the morning on saturday and it would end at around like 5 p.m sunday and it would go yep. the whole time and i'm telling you i lost some weekend i didn't get a lot of sex in my early 20s especially <laughs> around the draft area because ladies were like what's going on dan i'm like oh just just doing my prognostications and they're like gross and i'm like no no no. well i guess yeah you're right it is a little gross <laughs> but well, for as long for as long as it's gotten i love the move of thursday just first round friday oh, it's great second like it breaks it up you wake up on thursday and who's who's the best left like my team is picking second in the day here right after tampa here we go yeah. so that's yeah love that move but you're right it does extend for a long time like again wife asking like is it is it still going on <laughs> is it over yeah. When is this over? Like, there's nothing on Sunday, I promise you. Um, Trevon Walker, number one. Aiden Hutchinson, number two, right away. Uh, Trevon Walker, the first of many Bulldogs off the off the mm-hmm. board. Georgia Bulldogs. We said they were going to be a big thing in the draft. We were right about that. Set a record. Um, set a record uh, in the first round, right? Five? Uh, yeah, I believe it's – well, I think it was in the first two days. I think they set the record for most players – Okay, draft that makes more sense but five in the first round it I think started USC the did that before wow i want to okay. say with like yeah. reggie bush and you know yeah there was back in the early 2000s usc mm-hmm. ran it um they the the bulldogs started the draft off in the first round and ended the first round draft with picks and the packers took two of them in the first round so they were a big running thing for this draft um but moving along uh we were in our mocks of the top six, we had the same talent, and we expected them to go in the six and just however order the teams wished them. They did, except for one guy who went ahead of them, and that was pick three, Derek Stingley Jr., LSU, mm-hmm. going to the Texans that early. We talked about Derek Stingley a lot in terms of, if this is a guy two years ago, this is a slam-dunk top three pick. Yeah. But the the tape has not been there recently. Athletically, the profile is phenomenal. When he posted that 40 time that he did basically saying i'm healthy i'm ready to go if you're looking at his freshman film and that's the guy you're getting houston got a steal 
If you're hmm. looking at his sophomore and junior tape and you took him at three, I think you're reaching. Well, he and then he he COVID opted out, I think, and then he had a foot injury. So there's stuff that kept him off the field, or is it that his tape also didn't look like his was tape didn't look good because of injury. Okay, his tape didn't look good because of injury. And so when you have that sort of thing where like, is he rushing back? Is he not rushing back? Is, has he lost some technique? Was he predictable? But the tape looked so good as a freshman. So good. Yeah. So if they get back to that top three pick. And, uh, then the Jets moved on their cornerback. Um, they got Sauce Gardner at four. Um, if they wanted a cornerback, then it worked out for them because Texans could have, t- you know, given that they wanted a cornerback, could have taken the guy that they were very interested in. Um, maybe the Jets were also interested in Stingley, but I got the feeling that the Jets were trying to decide between Gardner and Thibodeau here. Um, and they went, they got Sauce at four. Um, it was a great pick. I mean, it, I, it, he's yeah. our top ranked, and so... You know, it's the second. It's happened basically in the top four. Are not the guy who was first ranked went first. Yes, that's and true. And then you know, so you Pass go. Rush. Aiden Hutchinson, what a fall into the lap. And I got to say, Sauce probably fell into the Jets' lap because if they were really hard up for a quarter, quarter a cornerback, they have to make the choice: is Derek Stingley a, his freshman tape, or is he the tape we've seen the last two years? They didn't have to make that tape. They just say, "Hey, Sauce Gardner is the guy we've been seeing for four years." The production's there. The ability's there. It's a good pick by the Jets. Just the start of a really good night for the Jets. Yep, Jets did all right. Um, and then the Giants were right after this, and you could say that they did the right thing too and just picked the, the picks that were in their lap because we had you know, these guys of talent left on the board. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, they got him at five, and then at seven after the Panthers picked Evan Neal, who was probably their best choice at tackle because the Panthers – Took Iki Iquanu. Uh, Iquanu was our first uh, mm-hmm. choice there in offensive tackle, so they didn't flip it on us there. Even though they did edge <laughs> and to cornerback, we got Iquanu first, so the first tackle off the board to the Panthers. What do you think about these picks in there, the Giants-Panthers picks? The the logic there is that if you don't get Kayvon Thibodeau here, the Panthers may take him, mm-hmm. and then you don't get an edge for the rest of the round. I mean, there's not another edge that had that same grade. I mean, you know, we're talking about guys like Jermaine Johnson and George Karlaftis later on, but yeah. Thibodeau was a was a big jump ahead of him. Whereas if you've got Iquanu and Neal close, you go, hey, you know, let's kind of throw our throw our hands in the air and see which one the Panthers pick. But we will get a pretty good tackle um, and a pretty good edge if we do Thibodeau and then whoever instead of going Iquanu and then you know pray. Yeah. So I think it made a lot of sense to do it that way for the Giants. And the Panthers basically taking the best player available on the board in Iquanu. Yes, the, Giants, the Panthers didn't reach for a quarterback there. We said they shouldn't, and they didn't. Um, the Giants are able to, yeah, just scoop up whatever tackle they like better there. Charles Cross was also going to be available, and he goes not far after to the Seattle Seahawks at 9. Good for the Seahawks. They could have gone quarterback. Instead, mm-hmm. they, they it's a more of an investment pick. It's not the sexy pick, but tackle is important um but right before that the falcons started the wide receiver run and wide receivers continue this offseason to be a big big hit for all teams now obviously when everyone who's a real good wide receiver is getting paid tons of money out of the gate you want to get one of these young guys that you don't have to pay right away so of course that this started like the trade-ups and all that stuff now Falcons took Drake London first. That's the first wide receiver, which was your first one too, Dan, on um, your board. 
He's still not fully recovered from his injury, but he should be back by the time they get into training camp, which which would be enough. Um, but yeah, just the physical profile of Drake London is phenomenal. And Atlanta, in my mind, took the best wide receiver, and that's a huge position of need for them. And maybe mm-hmm. took, you know, one of the better players available on the board for a position fit. And with the way wide receivers valued this year, to your point, uh, they had to make a move. If you need a wide receiver, and they do, because uh, Ridley ain't coming back anytime soon, uh, this is the way they had to go. And I think it's a great pick for him, and I think it's a great pick for Atlanta. Yeah, I think these teams that were like, oh, we, we like these top wide receivers, but we could go somewhere else. I think they're thanking God that they went wide receiver here because Falcons had a lot of needs. Jets, who get one here in the next one with Garrett Wilson, they had a lot of needs too, and they could have gone past rush and stuff like that. Jermaine Johnson's still on the board. They went wide receiver, and I'm sure they're very glad they did because, yeah, it's they're – Geez, they're expensive these days. Um, we had, brought we up, had a first-round grade on, on Garrett Wilson. We like Garrett yes. Wilson. I mean, we're we're in the point where pretty much all of these guys that are about to get taken are, you know, a bit of a reach. <laughs> uh, but there for was receiver, not a lot behind them. I mean, for everybody. Oh, you know, for everybody, yeah. You know, we well, didn't have a lot of elite. We didn't have a lot of top tens. We had a lot of mid-first-rounders, so they're starting to fall in line here. And a lot of guys got great value at the tail end of the first round. But mid first round is kind of a grab bag. Yes, I th- I think we we liked our six top guys there. They weren't elite guys, but we knew they were going to go at the top. Once you're past that, yeah, it's kind of a, a rush to where you want to go. I had a feeling these wide receivers and other people like you know uh, Charles Cross, Kyle Hamilton, Jordan Davis, those would be the names at this point, and they were. But it's just a matter of where people wanted them. But the trades started happening ton yeah. right here. Saints were the first ones to move way up there. Now, to go this high to get Chris Olave, or Olave, it's Olave, right? Mm-hmm, Olave. Um, he might have been the best wide receiver on the board there. I still like Jamison Williams a lot. Jamison <sighs> Williams won't be playing much this year, or if he is, I don't know, they're saying that he could be healthy enough by training camp, which is nuts in my mind. I thought ACLs took almost a year. Is that not the case anymore? Uh, we're down to eight months for a lot of ACLs nowadays. Nuts. And you brought up, Drake London's coming off an injury. Isn't that like a running theme of this draft? Is this this player's been injured? They're coming off an injury. They're getting healthy, and when they are, oh boy, we hope you know. Or maybe they'll just keep getting injured forever and ever until they die. Yeah, um, and a lot yeah. of these people have injury concerns as like an issue. And I, I think it was interesting watching. You know, this was three in a row. We went Wilson, Olave, and Williams, who mm-hmm. were Ohio State's starting three wide receivers last year yes, in 2020. That's right, Jameson Williams who transferred to Alabama. So, you know, there's a lot of talent. I mean, Ohio State probably should have done better than they did two years ago. Um, I don't love the Jameson Williams pick. I thought Detroit didn't give up too much to get him. And they didn't. They're, they're basically saying, we got to get a wide receiver. They went up. They made that draft. I think Minnesota got back, and, you know, we'll talk about this later, but, I, you know, you guys – you needed to rebuild your team with youth, and I think you did that. And part of the way you did that was taking good premium picks from Detroit. Not first-rounders, but good premium picks from them and, and converting them into uh, you know quite a draft haul. Yeah, there's two ways to look at it. Well, I guess there's many ways to look at it. There's a lot of people that have been throwing the uh, draft chart things uh, in my face since that Lions-Vikings one. The Jimmy Johnson's got one. There's another guy that's got one where they look at the point differential for picks and stuff sure um i look at it a few ways myself one is apparently quasi you know our new gm had a plan in his in place and that was not able to be done with the six seven picks they came in the draft with he ended with like 
nine or 10. Mm -hmm. And it's obvious that that was like, well, we have to trade back. We have to collect some more stuff. And if I do it now, I can get them earlier. And, and that's what he did. So to go from 12 to 32, yes, that's quite that's a ways drop. down. And you, we had to transfer our, our second pick with the lions in order to do that. Now the lions had a very early pick. I was, what would have been very nice is to go that far to get a first rounder from the Lions next year because you know sure. that sucker going to be probably low. They had a good draft. They had a good draft, and if they can get up to five hundred, that's probably the you know that's yeah. a wet wet dream for the Lions next year. It, if, it takes if a Williams little bit. can contribute, you know, yeah, then, then they've helps. got a playmaker. They've got an explosive playmaker potential. I don't love the dude. I love his route running, but you know they're in love with it. They traded up. They gave a lot to get it, but yeah, I think it was good. And then. You know, Philadelphia, unfortunately, on the next one, actually made a really good pick out of Jordan Davis. Yeah, well, and Philly is another one of those teams that you could say had a very good weekend. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah, Jordan Davis is a wonderful pick for, or it's like a nice fit for the Eagles, and he can play next to uh, the other big guy in the middle for at least a year, who's the still Fletcher under Cox. Yeah, yeah, Cox. Um, yeah, so yeah, the, my Vikings traded out. I mean, if you were somebody that went to like a draft party and you're like, they'll pick 12, that'll be 9 o'clock, and then I'll, I'll go home and, and get some good sleep. No, boy. At the end of the night, here we go. And, and you it's got not to pick a, again in the end of the first round, so get yeah, it. Yeah, so you're, you're going to hang around and see what happens. Um, Ravens sti sticked and picked, and they went with Kyle Hamilton here. What do you think of Kyle Hamilton at this spot? It was like 15? We I gave him, yeah, 14. we gave him a mid to late grade. Um, so this is a sensible place to go. Although it's funny, all the, I'm going to say it now, all the shitting I did on Kyle Hamilton, it's going to go away because he's now playing safety for the Ravens and the Ravens mm. draft like fucking maniacs. They're so good at it. So Kyle Hamilton's about to be an all pro. Uh, so that's going to make me look stupid. But Kyle Hamilton's a great pick here, a position of need for the Ravens. Getting a guy who's a jack of all trades, um, you know, he might not play true safety you know he's just going to be a guy they move around in that defense i think it's going to be great um and then the texans were picking here now the texans did have that saints pick prior they traded back with them saints got all these picks because of the earlier trades with the eagles so saints were wheeling and dealing here this draft to move around trying to get the guys they wanted texans more than willing to collect some picks they took Kenyon green get some interior guys some guys that we well we did look at Kenyon green but after mm -hmm. him then we start a run on some guys that we didn't really do draft looks on. Well, we did Zion Johnson. Oh, okay, yeah, we did Zion yeah. Johnson for Boston College. Mm -hmm. So I, I thought the the thing that made me real happy is that right after Kenyon Green goes, who I think is good, I mean, he he had a first-round grade as a guard, um, is Jahan Dotson, uh, which yeah. I think is a reach out of Penn State. So I was thrilled, <laughs> thrilled when the, the Washington Commanders made a bad reach. Wide receivers, though, I mean, it seemed like, yeah, they wanted a wide receiver and the top guys were gone, and that was their next one on their, their board there. Uh, but Traylon Burks, that was, I think, one you probably had a hold of Jahan Dotson. He goes to the Titans. Mm -hmm. Now, why did Traylon Burks, this is a nice segue off, why did Traylon Burks go into the Titans, Dan? Well, because they traded A.J. Brown uh, to the Philadelphia goddamned Eagles. Yeah, this is a big one. In fact, this felt like something that Titans were kind of gun-to-head forced to do. I don't think they wanted to get rid of A.J. Brown. I think they knew the yeah. money that was going to cost and where they were picking, and they, they got the trade uh, with the Eagles to take this pick. Uh, so they get the 18th pick, and then they got the 101st pick in this one in order for them to get A.J. Brown. Now, 
also AJ Brown there had to be an extension worked into the the mix and that extension million. yeah 4 years 100 million 5 million guaranteed wait I, had, 50 I don't million. think I read that. 50 million guaranteed yeah. thank you um i that since that was done already right after this trade that means this conversation had to have happened this is a weird scenario for me like the same with the other wide receiver trade that happened right after this Right, I don't think we've got to it yet. No, not we? yet. Uh, okay, we're gonna get to twenty three here in a second. But twenty three, yeah. Um, I thought it was very interesting. I'm sure there's a bunch of conditional trades. Right. You know, if this guy is in the spot, yeah. I will if this guy's in so the spot, so. you know, we will let him go to you. Um, I, I hate to give the Eagles credit. This is a great pick. They paid a lot of money for a wide receiver. They got a great one. If you're telling me you're the Eagles and you think the time is now, you know, you think you have a team that's ready to go, you just traded the 18th pick in the draft, a potential star, potential, for a legitimate star wide receiver. That's not too bad. I mean, it's a big money commitment, but they yeah. got the better player. You can't tell me that for the next two or three years, Traylon Burks is going to be better than A.J. Brown. I don't think that's possible. No, and what's hilarious, though, is as soon as that pick happened, they're showing Traylon Burks, they, uh, at least... I'm watching ESPN and they're throwing this that you know we love our NFL comparisons I was all about that when we did our prospects Traylon Burks's mm-hmm. comparison AJ Brown <laughs> he's yeah. like oh my god um AJ Brown uh, quote with more wiggle is actually what NFL.com had on it so disagree it, that the, yeah Dan disagrees but that the Titans went all right fine we'll get rid of AJ Brown and then we'll go get this young guy who hopefully will one day be an AJ Brown that well, doesn't think, they can't think which about A.J. Brown, but do you remember when we drafted, we were talking about A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf, and I liked A.J. Brown so much better than D.K. Metcalf. I said he's not even, D.K. Metcalf, as much as he was getting that love in the first round for being a physical freak, I was like, he's not even the best wide receiver on his team. That's A.J. Brown. And then Brown winds up getting taken before he does. Mm-hmm. Absolutely legit. Say what you will about D.K., Russell Wilson's not throwing that ball anymore. You tell me how D.K. Metcalf does this year with Drew fucking Locke. I'm very interested to see that too, yeah. And it seems that the Seahawks know it, and that's why the DK trade rumors was going on. But A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts, that's another story. Now Jalen Hurts has no excuses here. Uh, There's a lot of good offensive weapons. They still need a running game. Sure. Right? Uh, Yeah, Miles Sanders, I don't understand that. As Andy Reid laughs at a distance, running game, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they're not running Andy D- Reid's offense. They need a True. running game. So, uh, we'll see, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but you got to love, yeah, the Jordan Davis. And you, you say that the Eagles – oh, and I watched a clip thing of Eagles fans at their draft party and, you know, drunk by six. You know, they, they came out of work Thursday already drunk, and they're like, we want, I want this guy, I want this guy. And, well, and when they got Jordan Davis, they were excited, but then the trade just sent him over the the moon. Scott, that's not fair. They weren't out of work by six. Most people in Philadelphia don't have jobs. <laughs> oh, I set you up on that one there. All right. Um, yeah, so, uh, oh, there's also talk that the uh, A.J. Brown, after the fact, came out and was like, listen, Titans are only offering under $20 million per year. He's going to get $25 million with this yeah. trade here to the Eagles. So it seems like a no-brainer that everybody won, but probably the Titans. Well, the Titans didn't get a long holdout process with a wide receiver that blew up their locker room. They said, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to trade you for an asset in exchange. Yeah, we're not getting the better asset, but we're not losing or pissing off a guy. 
um, and you know killing his value on the team because that also hurts your chance to get free agency and get young rookies if you go, you know, oh, we're just going to hold on to you and you know let you wiggle in the wind, a la Browns. You know, it's like when we got a we're plan Niners. for you, we're going to move you. you know, we're the Niners. You go, we got a plan, we're going to move you. That's it. Like we're running a business here. We're trying to win. Move the fuck on. See if Traylon Burks can help. We us. want guys who want to be here. Whatever yeah. they're getting paid, we're here for a common goal. Yeah, you're right. It, it becomes a nuisance in the locker room if a guy's like, man, they're not willing to. You know, I'm one of the staples of this team, and I can't get X mount. Yeah. Hit the fucking, um, but wide hit the fucking door, buddy. Yeah, wide receivers are also super expensive, so they got a youthful guy that they can pay for. You know, rookie money too. Though there was a another report too that because the uh, college players are going to start being able to be offered money here or they are there's some that are going to be in a situation where they can make more money staying in college than going for the draft so the rookie in in the late rounds i'm sure they can yeah the rookie deals are going to have to almost fix that because there's going to be a whole lot less talent than uh, offered up to the draft if they could stay in college and make money. I mean, obviously it's fleeting. They can only stay in college for so long, I assume. For is now. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, know. maybe maybe college is like, hey, we think we could compete with the NFL if we just let this go a little bit. Oh, but that would never happen. I mean, you'd the whole purpose of college is you want to be able to churn that shit out a little Some bit. Some type of a farm yeah, system. Um, okay, so let's get to the other wide receiver trade, but until then, Saints took uh, – tackle trevor penning they needed Um, help on the offensive line that's for sure and we had him going earlier to the ravens so that worked out for them he kind of fell steelers kenny pickett here we go first quarterback off the board and uh it is the guy who played there they made a big deal about well it's the same training uh group that he uses in university of pittsburgh yeah so he just walks into a different door he he doesn't have to move he's going from the university of pittsburgh to the pittsburgh steelers it's pretty good i mean he, they say like local kid he's not he's from jersey but that's yeah. not too far away pittsburgh and uh pittsburgh and new jersey aren't too far i but think it's spent, a good pick he was yeah, the then. only quarterback we had with a first round grade coming into this um and i thought they waited they didn't force their way up into the top 15 they waited for him to hit at 20 i think once again we talk about how well run an organization pittsburgh is position of need decent value first round grade and you've got a wide gaping hole at the position. You know, mm-hmm. I say this knowing uh, that Mitchell Trubisky is alive. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, I think I think this is a great pick for the Steelers, and I think it's a good spot for Pickett to fall. He's going to have an opportunity very soon. Yeah, I was going to say way too early prediction. Does Pickett play this start this year? How early? I think he starts. I don't think he starts out the gate. I think Trubisky has enough understanding of the offense, enough understanding of the NFL to beat him out for a couple weeks. But if they start to tank, I. I think he's got a really short rope. We think, I mean, Bengals and Ravens should probably be good teams again, but it's it doesn't mean that that division's totally sewn away for the Steelers. So, yeah, Very Kenny true. Pickett needs to be in there. Um, moving right along, Chiefs, they had their first pick. They traded up here with the Patriots to get Trent McDuffie. We like this cornerback, um, and because the other cornerbacks were already gone, he kind of goes in a good spot, too. 21. Good value. I mean, this is probably where we had him. We had him late first. I mean, this is good value for Trent McDuffie, Kansas City, position of need. They didn't give up too much to to get up here, so I thought this was really smart for Kansas City. And I told you Packers got two Georgia players. Uh, they go with Quay Walker, the linebacker first, Devontae Wyatt later. No offensive weapons. Of course not. They're going to keep that thing going. Uh, but, uh, yeah, collecting the Georgia Bulldogs but going with a different linebacker than what we expected. 
Uh, I mean, they took a big body dude. You know, they took Quay Walker as an inside linebacker. I mean, that's what they need. Um, I thought this was a bit of a reach. I didn't even think he was the best linebacker on his team. Um, so to me, it's a reach. I thought there were better prospects. It, strangely enough, like, so here's the crazy thing. Devin Lloyd was still on the board. Yeah. Say what you will uh, about what's his nuts, the the third-round kid. No, oh. no, no. The, he, uh, N'Kobe Dean. Say yeah. what you will about N'Kobe Dean. You might think that Quay Walker is better than N'Kobe Dean. There is no way you can watch film and think that Quay Walker is a better choice as your middle linebacker than Devin fucking Lloyd. Mm-hmm. To me, this was a massive mistake by the Packers. I'm sure that makes you happy. Um, I think yeah. it's a massive mistake. I think they overvalued Quay Walker. I think they undervalued Devin Lloyd. I think this is a huge miss because you have a much better player at the same position ready and available to you on the field. I like Devin Lloyd more too. I, I got to say that in first. But also, again, thinking about these Georgia players, and like you said, Trevon Walker, like he has got a lot of talent but not a lot of production. I think there's a production issue when you look at these Georgia defenders and going, well, there's only so many tackles and so many plays yeah. to go around in a game, especially because if you got a good defense, the offense ain't going to be on the field for very long. So... Um, I listened to, uh, and you know, spoiler, uh, my new guy, Lewisine, talking about playing on the defense. He's like, there was a little feeling of competition, like I got to go and get this guy before somebody else on this amazing defense does. So perhaps Quay Walker is just, you know, another stud that they stacked this bulldog defense with. I'm hoping you're right. I'm hoping they still swung and got the wrong guy. Devin Lloyd certainly does look like a much bigger talent on the field, and I would agree with you there. Bills, I'm moving along. Bills yep. went Kyer Elam uh, to for Florida there for their cornerback. That's pretty good too. We thought cornerback yeah. first round grade for him, or was yeah, he early second? He was early second, but at this point, you know, there's at this point the late first, early seconds become such a you know fucking knife chop of like, well, where do you what do you need? You know, yeah. late first, early second, they're in the same, like, value range. It's just, do I want to have team control over a guy? Like, I'd, I'd be more willing to take a chance on a guy that I want team control of for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I think he could be really good. Kair Ilham is a second generation. His father, Abram Ilham, was a safety, played for the Cowboys. Um, okay. So he's got bloodline, played at a big school, got good production, got better as he went. So I think it's, I think it's smart. Buffalo needs help with the position. This was a pretty solid, logical pick for me. He was the last of the cornerbacks to go in the first round. Um, yeah, the uh, the fifth-year team control, that stuff, it switched a little bit, as we noticed. A lot of fifth-year options not getting picked up this year because the change to the automatic on the mm-hmm. injury, right? Yep. They don't want to be paying these people if they get injured, and uh, it was automatically they didn't have to on the fifth-year option, but now they would uh, with the new CBA agreement. So there's less fifth-year options getting picked up, which is being interesting. Okay, the next pick, Dan, your Dallas Cowboys. They've taken the Tulsa tackle, Tyler Smith. This this gives you the opportunity here to discuss a little bit of what you felt about your uh, Cowboys weekend. So I didn't love the Cowboys draft. I didn't. I thought we reached at pretty much every pick in the first three rounds. I thought we had opportunities to play, take much better players at positions of need, and we passed on them for a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. Um I think particularly I kept hearing during the draft, after the draft, and um, a little podcast by Cowboys Insiders, they actually had Tyler Smith pegged as the pick like 
four or five days before the draft. Oh, so wow. clearly this wasn't like a reactive pick by the Cowboys. They really highlighted and isolated this guy as, you know, tremendous potential. Tyler Smith is a big motherfucker. He is six foot five, three twenty five, and it is pure strength. It is strength with an <laughs> M and a PH and an F. Strength. It is a lot of strength. You watch this, and I know he's playing against, you know, not the best competition against Tulsa. He was murdering dudes, and there's a lot of anger. There is also a lot of technical sloppiness, and he's going to a team that, like, led the fucking NFL in penalties on the offensive line. So, I don't know. It seems like a lateral move over, uh, you know, Connor, <laughs> Connor Williams. So, it's a lot more power at the guard position. I think he's going to start immediately at guard, and we'll see how it goes but he's got to get the penalties under control. Big Mauler, a lot of potential, thought it was a reach, especially with Tyler fucking Linderbaum mm. available on the... We It's not like we're set at the center position. Tyler Linderbaum is a phenomenal center prospect, and we said, nah, we'll take a guard prospect with tackle potential right here. So, I, like I said, I can't knock on the... I can't knock on the Packers and then not knock on the Cowboys. I thought we should have taken Tyler Linderbaum... Um, I just think he's a better player right now, and honestly, I, I think he's going to be a better player long term. Yeah, who Linderbaum went the next pick to the Ravens, who traded back with Buffalo there. Um, because we don't, we can't go every pick here through seven rounds. What did you think about the guys you took after Tyler Smith, the other rounds and the other picks? Well, once again, in the second round, we took uh, Sam Williams out of Ole Miss, who I I didn't even think was the better option. I mean, I would have liked Nick Bonito. Um, out of Oklahoma, I thought he was pretty solid. I would have taken Troy Anderson out of Montana State. There were three or four different guys. I mean, hell, I would have taken Brian Asamoa. Uh, but he's got such great production uh, analytically mm-hmm. <laughs> at the pass rush position that I see why they made the choice. And he is just going to play a true third-down rush. I don't think he's going to get on the field much. I think he's going to be a situational pass rusher, but that's pretty expensive to, uh, to take a second-round pick on a project pass rusher. But, you know, he's a big-bodied guy. He's got a lot of, once again, a lot of potential. Uh, you know, he's 265 pounds. He's like six foot four. He's a big fucking dude. Um, in the third round, I mean, we basically stayed put. That's what the Cowboys did. We did our trading before the draft, and then we stayed put. Jalen Tolbert is a try-hard wide receiver out of South Alabama. Good body. Um should be a NFL type player. We got Jake Ferguson in the fourth round, which I think is good. I thought that was good value there. We, you know, I, I think I gave him closer to like a second or third round grade when we were talking about it. And then in the fifth round, we just started snagging motherfuckers. Uh, Matt Woletsko, great physical tackle prospect playing at a small school. So I'm just going to do the whole thing. Uh, Deron Bland. I think I texted you when we drafted Deron Bland. I said, we drafted a player named after how our draft has gone. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, and then we got Damone Clark, which is a project guy. He's had spinal fusion, plays the linebacker position. We're basically going to redshirt this guy. We won't see him until next year, which oh, I can... LSU, yeah. yeah. I'm fine with it with a fifth-round pick. If you think the guy's got a lot of potential. And then we got John Ridgway, uh, defensive tackle out of Arkansas, who is pure nasty. Um, and he actually was a, he was a Redbird. So he was ISU, and uh, he transferred, transferred down to Arkansas because uh, apparently they weren't racist enough. Um, so he went to Arkansas and decided that would be a better fit for him. You get a little more eyes in Arkansas than in Illinois State, though, Redbirds. Just a few. Just, yeah. a, just a couple. Nothing crazy. 
Um, and then our final was uh, Devin Harper out of Oklahoma State. So we were not settled at the linebacker position or on defense at all. We did not add a lot of offensive playmakers. Yeah. Um, we feel good at the wide receiver position. Jalen Tolbert gives us competition. Um, and, uh, you know, Tyler Smith gives us a potential starter. But once again, nothing sexy. Not a lot of guys that I think are going to be future stars. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, they mentioned that this Cowboys uh, front office, you know, counting Will McClay, they have drafted uh, now four offensive linemen in the first round. Mm. This is the fourth. The previous three were Smith, Frederick, and Martin. Okay. So well, and they've all been, pros. Yeah, they've been on it. And then Cowboys and offensive linemen in the first round, that's something that they do. They, they build up from the line. Which is important, as I could tell you that. Yeah. Uh, you're right. They they stuck and picked. They you know stick and pick here through most of this. Uh, pick 24 and one, two, three, and fourth round. There they did mm-hmm. not move. Uh, round five they had four picks, so there must have been some trade in there, or that was in the past or something. But yeah, previous. Interesting when I think of my trade or my draft and how much moving around I had to happen. Um, so many times watching through the weekend and being like, oh, they're picking next. I'm going to I'm gonna step away from the baby and step away here and go, <laughs> go watch and see who this pick is. And then I just have to come back and be like, nope, now they're going to, you know, they trade back another eight picks. We'll have to see. So, um, but let's wrap up the first round. Uh, Jermaine Johnson went after Tyler Linderbaum. This was the name that everybody talked about dropping. This was the, the dropping name, uh, Jermaine Johnson, all the way down here, the Jets. I mean, we gave him – here's the thing. This is the guy that's dropping. We gave him a late first high second round grade. So yeah. this is where we thought he would go. So, you know, everybody – if you listen to the push-off, this is not a drop. This is a value pick by the Jets at a position of need. The Jets had a great draft. Jets yeah. had a great – especially their first round, but they had a good draft all the way through. They got Jeremy Ruckert uh, in the third round, so they got a tight end prospect who's really got some abilities. That was a um, – what is it, a uh, – compensatory pick in the late third. I mean, they the Jets had a really, really good 2022 NFL draft. They you know, they got a lot of good players here. They're going to rebuild that team quicker than I thought. Um, you know, being able to pick up uh, Hall. Garrett Wilson. Yeah, they got Brees Hall in the second. Things were great for the New York Jets. So uh, I would say the Jets won the weekend, followed very closely by the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, listen, if you get three first-round picks, of course you're going to have a good, a good, a good draft. So... I'm not. Yeah, I, I do believe that the Jets did right here, and they picked a lot of names that I liked and guys that I jumped off the, the tape for me. So I like that a lot too. But again, it's the Jets, and there's been so many times where I mean, I loved Quinn and Williams, and he went there and just I, I don't hear about. Yeah, him I know. So it's the Jets. I'm not. I'm not getting totally excited. I mean, great. The Jets won uh, late a- April. That's good yeah. for them. But you're right. They did, and and I agree too that the Ravens are another top one there. I think the Eagles. Are a top team of of the weekend. They, they are. They did well. I'm just and saying then, they're not top two. You know, because <laughs> I, I have to make sure they're not top two because the Ravens got David Ojabo in the second round. I think that's phenomenal. Yeah, and then the other one that I uh, that pops up for me and they picked so is the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs draft yeah. a lot. I think they needed to fill some holes and they did, and that division is going to be tough. So they did well. Getting McDuffie and Carl Aftis, who, you know, he's coming up here in a second. I think that's a really good first round. They're getting defensive pressure. You know, they're getting an edge rusher, and they're getting a guy to hold the the wide receivers while the edge pressure gets pressure. So I think it's logical. 
Yeah, no, they did good there. Yeah, to, to wrap up the first round, we talked about Packers with Devontae Wyatt. Um, Chiefs said George Carl left is in between there. The New England Patriots uh, traded back up, right, because they, they were yeah. higher, and then they traded back, and then they traded back up into the first round with San Francisco. No, this was the San Francisco pick because of the back trade mm-hmm. with the um, Chiefs. This is... Cole Strange, Chattanooga tackle. Um, they, we've all, have you seen the tape with uh, McVeigh and the Rams? Did no. you see this one? Oh, everybody was talking about it. So they have their own little draft. I don't know if it was a draft party, but during this pick, they're sitting there doing a press conference, and it's McVeigh and the GM uh, for the Rams. And obviously it's first round, so the Rams have nothing to do as usual. And they, they look up and they go, oh, look, Patriots just took. And they're like, Cole, hey, Chattanooga, how about that? And McVeigh goes, and to think we were looking at him for a pick over there at 103. <laughs> <laughs> and just laughed it off. And people kind of took offense to that because sure. they're going, why is he, why do you expect this guy to go in the third round if, he's, if you like him that much? Like, he's, he's winning the first round. He's first round talent then. Whatever it's it, I think mean, butthurt kind of bit, but of course you know Belichick and these Patriots would be taking a Chattanooga tackle in the first round. Belichick doesn't do a great job in the first round. I mean, he should probably do what the Rams have done and be like, I'm gonna just trade this for a fucking guy. He hasn't had a great track record in the first round. I hope he's wrong. I mean, they talked about Logan Mankins out of Fresno State being a bit of a reach in the first round. Talk about Travis Frederick being a reach in the first round. If you get a good player who starts for you for eight years, it's not a reach, you know. True. So if that's Cole Strange and it might be he's going to the Patriots, it's not a bad pick. And then George Karlaftis right after it. So you know, not a lot of sexy right here. Yeah, Karlaftis was right after it to the Chiefs. We had Dax Hill go to the Bengals at pick mm-hmm. thirty. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, that's a good fit. Bengals could use some secondary help, and we like Dax Hill. And that left the Vikings with thirty pick thirty two, and they went safety as well right after Dax Hill with Lewis Seen. So part of me is like, okay, does that was this a little worry that you needed a safety, you wanted a guy, and you're worried that the safeties were gonna have a run here? Yeah. Hopefully they. <clears throat> excuse me, now I got something. Hopefully they're hoping they they liked Lewis Seen, and that's what it seems like it is. But it felt like Seen could have been gotten later. They were gonna have pick thirty four in the next round. I don't know if he would have been gone at 34 either, so he could have had somebody else here in the end of the first round. But if this is the guy they wanted, if this is the guy they want, you know, like you said, five years of uh, control there, I think it's important to the GM to pick a guy with your first pick that's a good fit that's going to be around because if not, it's going to stick with you. You picked a guy who was on a winner. I mean, that always yeah. helps, too. You know, you're a national champion, you're a safety, you know, you're going to come in and you're going to be able to learn from one of the best in the game. That's that's not a bad position to be in if you're Lewis Seen. You're having a good last six months. Yeah. And we didn't, so we didn't look at him in the safety class, but since I have, I, I like what I see. He He's a hitter. He r- flies around the field. He, he looks like he could certainly take over for Harrison Smith once he hangs it up finally. Now they did just give Harrison Smith an extension. To, to save up some money, you know, free some stuff up. So we'll see how that goes. But um, we had uh, last year drafted uh, out of Cal, Andrew Bynum. Uh, I'm saying Bynum. That's the white. That's a, yeah, that's a uh, basketball player. Um, we drafted a Cal uh, 
defensive back, I'll just call him that, that they put in safety, and he had a great uh, rookie year. When he was in there, he made plays. So I like that. But, you know, Lewis seen in there as well. You throw some three safety action or uh, he moves over, somebody moves over and plays cornerback or yeah. nickel type of situation there. I think we're how seeing a lot nickel? of how that. Do you t- how do you play dime? You know, you got got some options now. Yeah. And since we are at the end of uh, the first round, the rest of the Vikings picks, just to kind of go through it, because that's this is our our show, we, uh, we traded back again with the Green Bay Packers. So our first two picks traded back in division, and everybody was, oh, what are you doing? You don't do that. You don't trade back in division. The one thing, and I think I told you this um, personally, but the one thing that this hangs me up on is, yes, if we go into games and Jameson Williams is tearing us up the, down the field for two, two, three touchdowns, and who the Packers take uh, out of um, North Dakota State for their second pick, oh, the uh, Christian, Christian Watson. Watson. Christian Watson, if he you know goes off on us for 150 yards in some game, yes, I think that it's totally fair to make the connection of, listen, the reason why they have this player is because the Vikings traded away this pick that allowed them to pay, take the player. Um, you can make the argument that if we didn't trade with them, somebody else was going to, and they go and get that those that pick capital instead of the Vikings, but they didn't, so here we yeah. are. I mean, you got to take the guys you believe in. That's what's really important. You know, that's the only way you can do it is just being honest with your board and you know staying true to it. I think it's the best way to handle it. Yeah. So we traded back with the Packers, but then we traded up again. Got Andrew Booth Jr. That's a guy we talked about. We did. We liked him. I, I am very glad we got him. I knew we needed the cornerback uh, help. So a guy that I liked and need, hey, all for it. Yeah. Um, the next round, the next guy was a t- uh, inside, uh, like a guard, Ed Ingram, LSU. I told you he has a little off the field issues. It was yeah, the the Chargers dropped or whatever, but. I don't know. If you want to get into that, get into that. We've been do- talking about this show far too long to go down that road, but I'm hoping yeah. that uh, his legal troubles are behind him. Yeah, Devontae um, Wyatt's got some issues too, so you're not alone in the division. Does he really? Yeah. And then you brought up Brian SMO. We got him in the third round. Uh, smaller linebacker, but a speedy guy. Flies around the field. Um, Fast I told, and a leader. Yeah, and I told you – yeah, he is a leader of the team. I told you, watching his highlights – a lot of tackling up around the shoulder pads. He's just jumping on people's shoulders and just dropping his body kind of thing as a tackle. So I'm not that excited about that. But then they say he led Oklahoma in tackles. So it's like, okay, well, at least he's everywhere. He's so, a good athlete with speed, so not yeah. bad. We'll see where he is. They spent a lot of time in uh, the Big Ten with picks from Missouri and Minnesota, Illinois, Michigan State later there. Uh, got a wide receiver, Michigan State, Jalen Naylor. Um running back at North Carolina, Ty Chandler, and a tight end there in the seventh round in South Carolina, uh, Tanner Moose. So we'll see how these guys go. Um, I'm excited of the few guys at the top. I think uh, they look like talented guys. Uh, I read somewhere that a lot of these picks are in the 99th percentile of the, uh, not the 40-yard dash, but what's between the 10 yards? What's that called? Oh, 10-yard split. The split. Apparently, they, they looked into these guys and they go, okay, it seems like Kwesi takes a big lean into the 10-yard split, and these players were up near the highest of that for for that group. So 10-yard split important to these new Vikings. You know, it's we're getting into that age of analytics, so we'll see how, that, how well that works. Cowboys, I know, did a lot of analytical drafting this year, um, and you had, you had teams like the Baltimore Ravens. They're like, I think we're just going to take the best guy on the board. 
I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we did some scouting. It's weird. Yeah. So we see uh, who did that. Now, we, we kind of talked about our favorites of this draft, and we talked about the whole first round. Uh, later round stuff you want to bring up, Dan? I have a little list of uh, the people who they then think did as good of a draft. Like, I, I got a chart of just dr- draft grades. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say it was interesting. I think the Patriots didn't have a strong one. Um, they took yeah. a lot of weird guys. That's the strange thing. Um, I thought Sam Howell went exactly. I mean, you remember we were talking about this a couple weeks ago. People had Sam Howell rated as a first-round draft pick, went in the fifth round as a quarterback. We should talk a little bit about how the quarterbacks fell out of here. So after Pickett, nothing in the second round. Yeah. It was all um, after that. So third yeah. round, three picks. Uh, Desmond Ritter, the second quarterback off the board. So Malik Willis fell, fell, Still fell. Waiting. Yeah, and then he goes to the Titans. And then the the you know Panthers, who desperately need somebody, they get Matt Corral in that in that uh, section there. So, which is good for Sam Darnold. You know, he's not under team control for too many years, so you need a backup. But this doesn't say, "Hey, you're you know, there's a gun to your head, you're fucking out of here." It gives Sam Darnold a chance to win this in training camp, a legit yeah. chance. Yeah, I think if Sam Darnold was going to take over starting quarterback position, though, he would have done it last year. I don't That's know. True. It, it's probably the done here. I think we see Matt Corral next year. I think we see Desmond Ritter next year. Malik Willis is an interesting one. Tannehill and that team could be good enough, at least, you know, with the full team, to keep him on the bench. Um, it, it, it almost changes your offense a little bit if you put Malik Willis out there, do you think? Tannehill's become much more of a pocket passer, but I know um, Willis can be. Willis can be. I think he's a guy you can probably get involved the same way they got, uh, I was about to say Marcus Tuyasa Sopa. That makes me racist. (laughs) Um, The same starting quarterback for the the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going crazy right now. Mike Vick? No, 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 no. He just took the, just took it over. Oh, Marcus Mariota. Mariota. That's it. Um, The same way they got Mariota involved um, when Tannehill took over. They're like, well, you're still going to be able to run a little bit. Is that okay? Um, I think that's going to be Malik Willis's job. He's going to be in some interesting packages. And then, yeah, the only other quarterback we t- – well, we talked about uh, Carson Strong, who ended up getting uh, undrafted to the Eagles. Yeah, went to the Eagles, which makes me mad. I, You know, that's good value for Carson Strong, but it can't move, remember. <laughs> yeah. People uh, might have people might have eliminated him because of medical. That's what I heard, too, that, that there was a lot of talk about people liking him and then their medical staff pushing back on, no, his knee's shot. So we'll see how that works out. Um, you brought up Sam Howell, fifth round to the Commodore or Commanders. <laughs> Commodores. Keep what I say, Commodore. Coach Lionel Richie. Yeah, to the Commanders. And then um, the uh, Patriots took Western Kentucky's Bailey Zap. Is it Zap? It's Bailey Zap. Bailey Zapp in the fourth well, sorry, round. Sorry, Zappy, but I call him Bailey Zapp. Oh, I didn't know if it was pronounced Zapp or Zappy, if the E was silent or not. But, yeah, an interesting pick there. Uh, three guys in the seventh round we didn't talk about, but uh, there's your quarterbacks. A big old drop after Kenny Pickett, mm-hmm. and we'll see who we see. Quarterback, I mean, there's no sp- – you're not pulling the wool over my eyes. Quarterbacks are still very, very important, but – this just spoke volumes that, that no team was totally excited about this class. They weren't going to be reaching, that was for sure. So everybody stayed, you know, I thought Malik Willis fell further than I think he should have just with the talent profile. I thought he yeah. should have been late second round at worst. Um, so great value there for the Titans. I think Desmond Ritter, that's pretty good. 
everybody else, with the exception of Carson Strong, who, who slid out due to medicals, which we talked about a little bit, um, I think everybody kind of went where we said they were going to go. You know, we we assessed them correctly according to the NFL draft. Yeah. Um, who do you think win the best? Well, yeah, if the quarterbacks, who is in the best situation? Oh, Pickett. Yeah, I mean, he's on the franchise that is, you know, historically one of the greatest franchises in the NFL. Um, quarterbacks Ritter's, don't, or coaches don't get switched around every year. Yeah. yeah. He's got yeah. a coach. He's, you know, he's got a good coach. He's got a good offensive line. Well, not a great offensive line, but he's got good weapons um, offensively. So this is a guy that's coming into a position where if he is successful, if he is what we think he could be, he's an immediate contender and a top 15, 16 quarterback in, in two or three years. All right. Well, um, yeah, we can lament more on this draft, but I mean, we hit all of the first round. We did the mock of that. We were talking about everything else, bad drafts, things you, you brought the Patriots. I think people also put in the, the Rams. They didn't have a lot of picks. If you didn't have a lot of picks, it just, your name's probably in the Rams, Dolphins, Bears, those are the teams that had lower rankings of their draft here, but but the Bears got Jaquan Brisker. I was so mad. Yeah, they really got Jaquan. wanted him. And Jaquan Brisker, yeah, we you were a big fan of him, and he drops into the middle of the second round before you guys could pick him up in the that later second. But there we are. Yeah, I mean um, the Rams. It's hard to grade them poorly because they're like we gave away all our picks to win a Super Bowl, and you're like, yep, okay, that's fine. Right. Yeah. Well, Good call. It paid off. It paid off. Uh, since there's so much defense on the front end of this draft, let's take a super early guess on who could be a rookie of the year for offense. Um, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be fucking shocked because of how the Jets are going to be. They're mm. going to be throwing a lot. I think Garrett Wilson could really surprise some people and wind up being a offensive rookie of the year. Okay. Yeah, these top wide receivers, looking at them, it's hard to be like, what could it be them? Because look who's throwing them the ball. You got Drake Lennon for Atlanta, Garrett Wilson with Wilson to Wilson connection, uh, Chris Olave, Jameson Williams. Um, look out for Sky Moore. Late second True. to the Chiefs. He's going to be the speedy guy that takes over there. I mean, Tyree Kill's gone. He's not going to be their his number one target. He's still got Jason Kelsey, but or not Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, his brother. But um, yeah, Sky Moore, I like him a lot. There, he's going to keep his number twenty four on the team because you can now for the NFL. Why not? I don't care. Uh, so he will be my super early pick right now for rookie of the year. But we'll see what happens. I mean, way 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 too early. <laughs> the oh much my much way too early. Yeah. So uh, that's, I think, what we want for our show, Dan. We're just about hitting an hour. Um, we'll probably take a little hiatus at this point, given that uh, there's not much going on in the NFL for a couple of months until training camp stuff starts. We used to do the little uh, guest spots with uh, uh, people about divisions, but, you know, in the time of COVID, we'll yeah, see what we can do. It's hard to do that if there's not four guys in a room. I mean, Zoom... Zoom conference calls are a clusterfuck. I mean, yeah, you and I do this that. virtually, but I mean, we still step over each other a little bit more than we used to when we see each other in person. But my God, I've never people... cut you off once <laughs> in your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, four people, I'd be cutting everybody off every two seconds. So we'll we'll save the the audience that that yeah. charade. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll try to be back when we're back here for the, the next season. But otherwise. Uh, 
this is a a good sign off here for season five mm-hmm. of the Push Off Podcast. Uh, we'll call it the end of the season. Um, a fun draft, a lot of trades going around. The quarterbacks falling, the the heavy defensive picks and wide receivers. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of blast. It 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 stinks to think that there's just nothing for a little bit now. Like what to do with my time? I guess be a little bit more of a family man, but. <laughs> I guess we both have children. Maybe we should attend to them. Have to head to the upbringing. Yeah. So oh, we'll well. I yeah. guess I'll be. I guess I'll have a family. Yeah. Or I'll you know find some video games to play. <laughs> there you go. It's always an option. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I uh, I'm f- sorry, guys. No uh, crazy stats here yet for the the end of the season. We just ended here on a no cliffhanger note, but. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Uh, please subscribe so that we are when we are back, there's no surprise. You don't want to find out that we've been back for three, four weeks and you didn't know. So, you know, subscribe to the podcast. You're there. It'll ruin and, your autumn. Yeah, and if you're missing any time here with us in the summer, go back, listen to the old ones, see how close we were in these draft recaps. They're there. They're all in there. Uh, you know, We're not hiding from you. All of our uh, past grades are laid out in front of you so you can come see. Very true. Um, but that's what I have for this show. So, Dan, do you want to take us away with our parting words of wisdom? Autumn is like a raider. Not quite yet. <laughs> it's going to take a little time for autumn to get here. But in the meantime, enjoy your summer. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. Enjoy the lifting of COVID restrictions. <laughs> um, you know, kind of back to normal. But when the temperature drops and the wind starts blowing and the leaves start to change on the trees the push off podcast will return and with us football yeah man i mean let's be honest it'll still be super hot in august it's true it's gonna be muggy as shit but that's Um, not nearly as romantic when it's still kind of muggy out that's right yeah but uh, yeah, can't wait uh, to see all the new guys we just saw uh, discussed today and in, in the new dreads. We'll see how that goes. Uh, we got those brand new uh, shell helmets to look out oh, for. The throwbacks coming back. Can't you wait. Then we already saw the Niners going back to three stripes on the sleeve. I'm a fan. <laughs> all right. But that's our show for this week. Thank you guys so much uh, for coming back for the uh, draft recap special. I'm Scott. And this is Dan. We will see you next season. Goodbye.